Hey, this is Jerry from King's X, and you're listening to Richie and Scott on Focus on Metal. Focus Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to yet another episode of Focus on Metal. We got some nice feedback on last week's episode with Mark from Accept, and I got to say that was a real coup on Richie's part, pulling that one off and getting Mark on. Basically, you know, no one was talking to Mark, people, everyone was talking to Wolf. Got to talk to Mark instead, and that was a pretty cool thing, and we're glad that everybody enjoyed that one. So before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this week's show... I just want to take a few minutes and just put a little bit of info into your ear holes and help support a friend of mine. That is Bob Nalbandian with his quest to get the Inside Metal documentary everywhere. So you heard you know, me talk about this on last week's show, but Bob's got a thing set up on fanback.com to get some money behind this and get some distro and theatrical release going on this thing. You know, over the last week and a half, Bob's got some tremendous press from a whole bunch of online sources, which is really great to see, but there's still a crap load of, of way to go in getting Bob to his goal. So I really want to urge you to head up to metalrockfilms.com and put a pledge down to help get this thing out into the wider world. I read the whole big thing to you last week, but definitely go up there, read all the all the text, watch the preview videos of some of this stuff, and you know a whole bunch of great rewards up there. Hey, twenty dollars gets you an inside metal swag pack, some bumper stickers, keychains, good stuff like that. That's low dough, right? You got limited edition movie posters, hat and bandana combos, t-shirt signed CDs. I mean, you can go right up there. You want to have a exclusive signed Glenn Burton Demon guitar. As of right now, with about 30 days left to go, there's still two of those left. So, you know, you could get one of those. You can get producer's credits. I mean, there's all kinds of good stuff. And of course, the bigger thing is that you are showing your true metal fandom, putting a little bit of cash behind something and letting everybody know about the music that we love. Bob worked his ass off putting this movie together. So anything we can do to support him and get this out to the big wide world would be greatly appreciated. So again, that is metalrockfilms.com. It'll take you right over to the fan back site where you can do the right thing and make your metal heart happy. And hey, if you can't remember metalrockfilms.com, you can always go right up to focusonmetal.net and right there on the home page, about halfway down, is a big-ass inside metal banner. Click on that, and that will bring you right over to there as well. So speaking about doing the right thing, that's what this week's show is all about. So back in June of 2013, we had done a really cool interview with a really cool guy, and we've never, ever played that interview on the show. We've kind of alluded to it on spot. Some people have written to us, and I've let them know who this person was. But up until now, we never played this interview, and it just keeps getting pushed off and pushed off and pushed off as other things come in. And, you know, something happened over the course of, of this month, and uh, I just was like, you know what, we have to do this. We have to get this interview out and let everybody hear it. The last thing I wanted to do was end up putting this interview out as a memorial for somebody. So, of course, the person I'm talking about is Jerry Gaskill, the drummer from King's X. You know, he had a heart attack a few years back. 
that set them back a little bit. There was a great outpouring from the fans to uh, you know support him and help pay for some medical bills. And he's you know he's gone through a bad spell between that and Hurricane Sandy. And through all that, the guys come out being just what a great guy, the way he handled everything and his outlook on life and all that. And you'll hear all of that in the interview. Recently, Jerry had another heart attack while undergoing some routine surgery. And as I said, you know, that just kind of made me go crap. You know, it's time to push all the other stuff that's been pushing this aside, push all that aside and run this one. I don't want to be playing this as a memorial if something happens to the guy. And I hope nothing does, but I don't want to have that position. If anything, I'd want to be doing a replay of this as a memorial to him and not, you know, the first time playing it. The guy took a lot of time out with us to do this. We had a great talk with him. He was very open, very candid, great guy. We had a lot of laughs. And, you know, him having that heart attack again just made me go, screw it. We have to do this. I have to get this one out. The heck with everything else we've got in the can from, you know, everybody else lately. As a matter of pure respect, I just want to get this one together and get it out. Let everybody hear it finally. I mean, really, shame on us. It's been over a year and we still haven't run this one. So on this very special episode of Focus on Metal, we are presenting our great talk we had with Jerry Gaskill of King's X. guys richie's been just chomping in the bit he's been really uh, excited about pulling together this interview and he's because he's a he's a big king's x fan and i like the uniqueness of this that how it all came together that we actually got the guy that almost nobody gets that we get to talk to jerry for once because it's always <laughs> like you hear king's x and you're going to usually hear doug and although i'm a big doug fan i'm thinking about it and i'm like i'm actually more happy because we get to talk to Jerry instead. So mm -hmm. um, welcome to the show, Jerry. Well, thank you very much. I'm honored. Believe me, the, the honors are all ours. It's it? all ours. All right, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely feel a kinship with you with the uh the fact that um you know with the band to do the fundraiser for you that they were cool enough to select a king's x show that was recorded in boston and um actually the channel where it was recorded was one of my favorite venues to play when i was playing out live as well so i thought that was that was really cool when it came out i'm like you're kidding me that's it's the one from it's one from boston so i was really psyched about that now did you have any part in selecting that show or did they just kind of do that all in independently of you. I had nothing to do with it. I was actually dead at the time. 
Ah. <laughs> then it's very it's very hard to pick it out when you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's now, that was something they completely did on their own. I had nothing whatsoever to do with it. I was just laying in a hospital bed, virtually dead. Yeah. And uh, and it was a wonderful, beautiful thing. And I'm, I will be forever grateful to all the friends and fans that that supported me and and uh, helped. The love the love was just overwhelming throughout mm-hmm. throughout the whole world. Yeah, I mean, the whole time it was just incredible. Yeah, yeah, I think it's well deserved too. I mean, you guys are just you know you've just been such a tremendous band over the years, and you know you never hear stories about all you know, those guys that are jerks and kings X. It's always everyone's always got really positive, favorable things to talk about you guys personally. They never talk to our wives. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I know it's the same thing. I remember I was going someplace and a bunch of people was the first time they had met my wife, and one of them went up to went. Did he hire you to come here because you're way too damn nice to be married to him? <laughs> uh, I'll stop interrupting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! Hey, no, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you you know. You, hey, you you want to talk about black squirrels? Whatever. We don't care. It's, <laughs> it doesn't matter. My daughter goes to went to college at UMass Amherst, and they have these black squirrels up there, and it's always been a a running joke about oh. talking about the black squirrels because people like look at us like what are you talking about black squirrels but yeah they I have, have them all over squirrels. I'm trying to remember where I saw them. maybe it was in the Boston area yeah but I have seen black squirrels and it's quite a sight to see it's yeah it's kind of their oddball yeah yeah very odd yeah yeah so obviously we you know we're we're really happy that um you know that you're still with us and and uh I think that would just be uh terrible thing for all of us so definitely we're we're happy to that you're still with us and that we're able to talk to you so that's it's pretty cool thank and you very was, much man that means a lot today i'm thankful to be here hmm. so you've hmm. you did a few tour dates um last month with the band um and you're going well, what have you three tour dates this weekend in the new york area is it Wait, say that again i'm sorry you have a couple of dates this weekend in the uh in the new york area is it new jersey new york area oh actually uh we did that a few weeks ago, we, we, we've been doing weekends. We've been flying in and flying home. Oh, uh, okay. And the first one we did in New Jersey, Maryland, and New York. Okay. And then we did one in Texas. We did a Texas run in uh, Dallas, Houston. Uh, so it's like San Antonio, but that, that, that didn't seem to work out. Okay. And now, this weekend, we're going to Detroit and Chicago area. Oh, uh, and, and are these headline shows or support shows? Well, I... Yeah, these these are headlining shows. The okay. first one, we're doing the Stars and Stripes Festival in the Detroit area. Okay. And I think we're like we go on right before Collective Soul. I believe they're like the the last band, like I guess the headliner of the whole festival thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, they're and they're local. So they're local. Yeah, yeah they're from here. Soul, yeah, yeah. They're a Boston band. I'm pretty sure some of the guys are from Boston. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. So did. Yes, yeah, so that's what we're doing. Okay, so our weekend shows, or would they suit the band more at this stage, or would you rather go on a, a more lengthy tour? Because there's different sort of problems you have with going going in and playing, doing weekend shows than you would have in a normal tour, isn't there? Well, for me, I really love this weekend stuff. Yeah. I love the fact that I can fly in, mm-hmm. do some shows, come home, be home all week. And uh, I, I personally have no desire... To get back on a bus, okay, <laughs> and be gone for six or eight weeks, you know, doing a great gig, then doing a shit gig, then a great gig and a shit gig, yeah, to just get to the next show and all that. Okay, I just don't want to do that anymore. Okay, you know, if I if I have to go out, if I have to leave home, it's got to make sense to me. Yeah, and that that almost doesn't make sense to me anymore. 
Yeah, and you're not out promoting an album as well, so you can kind of, you know, spread it out a little bit more rather than get on a bus yeah. and go, go on the road. So, and yeah, maybe if we had an album out, if, we, if, if it made sense for us to do that, yeah. then I'd be all into it. Yeah. But uh, at this moment, it just doesn't make sense. It actually makes sense to do it the way we're doing it. Okay. And we, we, kind, of, we kind of learned this from the band Kansas. Okay. They, we, we did a short tour with them last September, and that's how they were doing it. They're still doing weekends. They fly in and fly home, mm-hmm. rent a car, drive to each show, and I'm, hey, let's try it. And uh, I think I dig it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, it's, especially you end up not having to have that whole boredom thing too. Of you get a couple of days off and you're far away from home and you've crisscrossed the country so many times as it is, and you're kind of just like, I would rather just be home right now, kicking back. Call me when ready to play again. So, uh, yeah, I could definitely oh, yeah. see why you'd be into this. Yeah, I always prefer to be home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they could Skype me into be. the shows. Yeah, that's not a good. That? Say it again. Maybe they could Skype you into the show. You could just play from the house and. They'll just put you up on a you know yeah, jumbotron. <laughs> that's that's not the answer your management management want to hear either, Jerry. You you rather be at home. <laughs> I didn't hear that. That's why I didn't respond. Oh, sorry. That's not the the answer your management would like to hear. That you'd rather be at home. <laughs> oh, I think they know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm hey, but like I said, I'm open to whatever that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll travel the, all the whole world for months and months if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it just to do it. Yeah. So I've been like you. You, you might guess from my accent, but I'm not from the U.S. Um, I'm Irish. So I've only oh, okay. yeah I've only ever seen the band once, and that was in I think it was 1991 where you supported ACDC, and I've always Dublin? yes, I've always wanted to ask. If I ever got a chance to speak to someone from the band, I never thought I would. But um, how, what was that tour like for you guys? Because Kings X and, and ACDC, I, I wouldn't exactly think that ACDC would be the easiest crowd to win over, particularly with your style of music, because you were on the Faith, Hope, Love album and you were playing like We Were Born To Be Loved and Moan Jam and It's Love and ACDC were, you know, straight up rock so, what are your memories on, on that tour and the the crowds that you played to for ACDC? Did you think they were tough to win over? Did, did it go well for you guys? Well, all of the above. Okay. Uh, my my first memories of that tour are that it was just incredible. It was okay. incredible to be out with those guys, getting on the stage every night before them in these huge venues. Mm-hmm. And those guys were so nice to us. They were such great people, and, and and you know that's what I first think about how incredible the whole situation was. Yeah. As far as the crowds go, that, that that's somewhat of a, of a different story. <laughs> when we first started, I think we started in Vancouver, and it was like they they, they hated us. You know, it was like, oh man, it's going to be terrible the whole tour. Yeah. And I thought, well, maybe when we get into the states, it'll be a little bit better. And we got to a state that was quite a bit better. Okay. And we were very well received in the States. But then we went to Europe with those guys, too, did like, uh, maybe a month or so in Europe. Mm-hmm. And, the, and most of the crowds were really great, except for when we got to Germany. Germany was the worst <laughs> of all places we've ever played when we, when we played before ACDC. They wow. They hated us. I think they were determined to hate whoever came on before ACDC. Yeah. Because they're just such, you know, diehard fans, and they don't want to see anybody but ACDC. But 
I mean, they were throwing things at us. They were giving us the finger yelling, Angus, doing our whole set, Angus, Angus. And then turned our backs off. So one guy even threw a, scrub, uh, a toilet bowl scrub brush up. Where <laughs> the hell did you get that? And it was just incredible. But we just, we, just, we went through it, man. We went on, went on. We said, we, we got to win these people over. Yeah. And I would say every night by the end of the show, those people who were doing all that stuff, if they weren't clapping, they were at least being quiet and looking at us. Yeah. But I think that we kind of did our job and won people over. Yeah, well, I, I particularly remember the Dublin show um, because a couple of my friends, I went up with a couple of my friends at the time, and they weren't really huge fans of the band. I, I was, like, I, I, I've been a fan of the band since Out of the Silent Planet, so I, I knew all your stuff, and I, I was looking around, and there was all, all these ACDC shirts everywhere, and I was thinking... Oh, this isn't going to go well. But I actually, on that night, I thought like you definitely won over the crowd that night. I think maybe it's just the Irish hospitality. I don't know, but it def they definitely weren't against you that night anyway. So that's just my yeah, yeah. The only place I really felt it bad was was Germany. Yeah, yeah. To be able to survive that kind of a tour too. That's I mean that's amazing, and that's that's one of those things that you know kind of a lesser band probably wouldn't have been able to overcome. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool to to kind of hear that you know all that yeah. i'm still trying to figure out too like this guy leaving the house thinking i gotta bring a scrub brush with me you know? <laughs> no, I, still, I still think about that i still wonder where the hell he got that bathroom <laughs> at the venue and saw what oh really i was right up on the stage beer in one hand scrub brush in the other <laughs> <laughs> it is funny though sometimes you hear stories of people on stage and some of the stuff that gets thrown up and you you know, Alice Cooper always talks about that. Like, how the heck do they get that in there that they throw up and stuff? Right. So it's it is funny. Yeah. Are you guys doing like any kind of writing right now? Or are you just kind of just taking as as things come, or you know, what's what's kind of the the big deal right now with King's X? Well, I think there's always writing on. I think all three of us are always writing. Right. Uh, I'm in the middle of uh, doing my second solo record right now, mm. which I'm very excited about. I know Ty is working on some solo stuff. I just got like five or six projects he's working on. Uh, I don't know yet. Yeah. You know, uh, when the time is right, we will come together again and we will make a record. And uh, but the time's got to be right, just like it's, again, it's got to make sense. Hmm. And, and I don't want to just make another King's X record, just make another King's X record. I want to make a King's X record that's going to be the best King's X record ever. Did your health scare make you want to get back in and make new music? You know, like, uh, like to get, I, want, I really want to get in now and do it because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or did that go through to your mind at all? No, I didn't really think things like that. Okay. You know, a lot of people ask those questions, but I didn't really have the big epiphany thing where, oh, no, I got to do this or I got to do that. Yeah. Although I have become way more aware of my body and how important it is for me to take care of it mm -hmm. if I just want to be around. Mm, okay. And uh, and I feel like I've got I've been given another chance to do that. And as long as I do, then I can accomplish and, and go forward and do all those things that I want to do, which is make music or, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. be at home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of up to me to, to do those things now. Yeah. And it happens. And I'm very thankful for that. I think I think the heart attack was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life, or at least one of the best things. Wow. And uh, I can't imagine my life without it now. It just, um, I don't know, it just, it just, it's like, 
I realized now that up to that point, I was dying and didn't even know. I was, I was literally dying and didn't know. And then one day, it just took me, you know, and, and I died. Had my wife not been there, she wasn't my wife at the time, but she is now. Uh, had she not been there, then I would be dead. I wouldn't be talking to you right now. You'd be saying all those things that you said earlier. Oh, you know, we're glad that you're here. We didn't lose you. But you'd be saying, oh, we lost it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but she was there, and somehow I made it through, and I'm actually healthier than I've ever been. Great. And I'm literally healthier than I've ever been. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, <laughs> can you tell us, Jerry? What was the question? Yeah, can you tell us, Jerry, about the first gig you played with King's X? After you had the heart attack, what was going through your mind? Say that again, I'm sorry. The, the first concert you played with King's X behind the ki- oh. drum kit. What was what was going through your mind before and actually during the concert when you were playing? Well, I'll tell you, we had, a, I had, the, we had the cancel the tour when it happened. We had yeah. the tour set up, but I died so I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then uh, we had a tour in September with Kansas, I was talking about earlier. Yes. And they wanted to know by sometime in May they wanted a commitment from, from us no pressure they weren't saying oh cool. you know, I got it. no pressure at all Just they just need to know so they can promote and everything mm-hmm. and, and I thought a lot about that thinking well let me, let me backtrack a little bit when I was in the hospital when I first started you know realizing what's going on and you know okay I've got a lot to, to do here now uh, my first thoughts were you know, I don't know if I ever want to play again at all. I don't know if I ever want to go on tour. I don't know if I ever want to do any of this again. You know, those are my first thoughts. Mm-hmm. I was laying in a hospital bed thinking, hmm, you know, I, I, I've got a lot of work to do. I've got to recover. I've got to get through all this. It just happened that I don't, that I don't even know happened. I, di- I didn't even know that it happened. You know, when I died, I didn't even know it. I still don't even know it. I, don't, I have no recollection of it. Mm. But, um... Those are my first thoughts. I don't know if I ever want to do it again. But then as time went on, I went, you know, this is what I do. So I think I probably will do this. And like I said, Kansas wanted to know sometime in May there wasn't a commitment from us. And I was really thinking, man, can I do this? Can I really do this? Because I had no strength hardly at first. Yeah. I've been laying in a virtual coma for like three weeks. You know, when I, I could barely even walk. And, uh, but when it, when it got to be around May, I said, all right, I'll do it. I'll just commit to it and just have to do it. I'll have to make myself strong. And so I did. And then when I got to the first show, and I played around town a little bit with some, some, some friends and would sit in with bands just to make sure I could kind of play. But none of that is like playing with King's X. King's X is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when I got on stage, we did the first show and it was finished. All I remember thinking is, wow, I think I can do this. <laughs> and, uh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> Excellent. And that was just an opening act, opening slot. Now, yeah. now we've done headlining shows, and, and I can do it, man. I, I can really do this. And another thing i got to say, when I was in the hospital, I, I decided I will never, ever get on a stage again if I'm not, like, up to everything that I know I can do. I will never get on a stage... If people walk away and say, oh, wow, he used to be so great. But, you know, we understand he had a heart attack. It's hard for him now. I would never get on the stage if that was the case. I know whenever I've seen you guys, you know, it's always been just amazing. And um, it was it was a few years back that I had, um, you guys were on a triple bill. 
and um, it was my first time my wife was going to see you guys, and she just, she, you know, wasn't taking me seriously about, oh, you, I mean, you have to really hear these guys, and talking about how, the, you know, producing all the vocal harmonies live, which is always one of the things that's blown me away about King's X, is the fact that you guys go out there live and do all that same stuff that's on the albums, and it's just amazing. Okay, <laughs> Damn, the illusion shattered. <laughs> Craig, throw my question away. No, now. it's not, friend. <laughs> and uh, and um, you know, she just she just couldn't. She was just thinking I was full of crap. That it was just, you know, this is ridiculous. And then, like about two songs in, she just turned to me and she was just, "This is just, I I can't believe it. I'm just, it's amazing." And and it just, I it's just like year after year, you guys continue to be able to maintain that. Now, is do you? guys put a lot of effort pre-tour to to do that or you just kind of naturally find yourselves locking in with each other to be able to do those kind of vocal harmonies well i think back in the early days we really 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 worked hard on things and uh, we learned i guess how to do these things and uh yeah we, we rehearsed and we worked hard and you know worked on parts and all that stuff but now we, we barely even rehearse. And we, it's been almost a month since we've uh, done any shows. Mm-hmm. I haven't even talked to the guys since then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, see him, I'll see him Friday. I talked to Doug. I did talk to Doug. Okay. But I'll see him Friday and we'll do a show on Friday. time for a King's X record, you just go ahead and you guys do that. I mean, that kind of makes a lot of sense now, hearing that from you, when I think about all the different albums on the catalog and how all different they are. They all, for some reason, sound like King's X, but they're all very different animals, every single one of those. So it kind of almost speaks to what you were talking about of, yeah, when you guys feel the need to make an album, you make an album. And it's, is that kind of why those albums are like that? Is it just this very organic type of, of approach? Well, we've made records in, in many different ways. We have done it 
where we, we write and individually bring the songs in and everybody decides what they'd like to then put ourselves into it and change parts or lead parts to sing or whatever we do. And we've made records like that. And we've also made records where we came in with absolutely nothing on the table at all from any of us and did the entire record from scratch and wrote everything together from the very beginning to the very end. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, 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 it's just, I think it's just a matter of when Doug, Ty, and me get together, the music that we make is just the music that comes out of us. Yeah. And it's always just going to be the three of us. And I think that's why it sounds the ways that you, you describe it. It's because the three of us are doing it, and only the three of us can do that. Yeah, because it's, it's the three of us doing it. Well, you're one of the few bands now, Jerry, that has the three guys that were there from the first album. You know, you, you, the three guys that started are still in the band. So you've got that chemistry and that dynamic amongst the three. Yeah, we talk about that sometimes. And yeah. I, think, I can only think of two other bands that have been together as long as us, as long as us, if not longer, with the same members that have never changed. Wow. Can you go to tell yeah. us? Yeah. <laughs> Who are they? If you can guess. Think, yeah. of, think of a band. Well, I was going to say Rush, over, but it's not. No, but they've had different members. I know, they've had a different drummer. Yeah, they've had a different drummer. from the But, but once they had him, once they got Neil, they've been together three of them okay that almost that almost doesn't count though right no <laughs> no it doesn't because they've got an album with John Rutsey playing drums so. yeah yeah um ooh Aerosmith no they had different members all throughout oh that's right Rockin' Hard Place yeah right yeah. go on tell tell us we'll, we'll be here all night if you don't tell us <laughs> you should know this when you're from Dublin well you too Ireland. you too you too yeah yeah there you go two guys all along man. that's that's right Yep, and uh, the only other band I can think of is Easy Top. Oh, yeah, very good. That's true. True. Yeah. Texas yeah. band, Texas band. Yeah. Ireland and Texas. Great band, <laughs> great band. Yeah, the only ones I can think of. Yeah. And King Vic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. And, um, and just, you know, the fact that also that I have a lot of respect that you guys never bowed to conventions so that when, like, you know, when Over My Head broke that, you know, another band would have gone in and went, how can we capitalize on this? Let's make another one of of that and see how, you know, we can, because that was, you know, huge here for a while in the States, but you guys just came out with the next album that you came out with, and it was, uh, you know, totally different, and I just, I had a lot of respect for that, that, you know, another band in that situation wouldn't have done that, and I applaud you guys for doing that, always sticking to your guns with what you really wanted to do. Thanks, man. We've always been really good at screwing things up. <laughs> <laughs> We got a good thing going. Oh, let's not do that. Yeah. Well, the the one album I love from you guys, I think that's overlooked, is uh, Air Candy. Oh, and thank you. That was a year after Dogman, and even when you look at the picture on the back of the album, like you shaved all the hair is gone, it's more colourful. Whereas Dogman was more of a dark album with Brendan O'Brien, yeah. very, very heavy. And then a year later, here you are with. Um, I think it was Arnold Lanny produced it, and it's got like it's got some heavy stuff on it, but it it's got a lot of Beatles kind of songs on it, you know, more acoustic stuff. And uh, that that album just blew me away. And I was thinking, oh, they're going to come back now with another heavy album. And I put this on, and I went, what the hell is? Oh wow! <laughs> you know, so, what did we put out after that one? Um, oh, uh, please come. No, Tapehead. Oh, Baldus. Yeah, that was really different. <laughs> Yeah, and then Mr. Bulbous was really, really heavy. <laughs> so you, well, I think it was Tapehead. Tapehead, tapehead was after that, and then Mr. Bul Mr. Bulbous was probably 
it was really heavy. Fishbowl yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. But like, did you ever get? Were you ever put on, under any pressure by the record company, particularly Atlantic, to write? Listen, lads, you got to write a single, or or did you just write what you wanted and then said, right, you guys pick one? Well, I was never really the main songwriter in the band. Yeah. So I didn't hear a lot of that stuff, but I've heard Ty and Doug say that we were really starting to get some pressure on the uh, Ear Candy record. Okay. They said, look, we, we haven't we made a hit. We need something. And that's that's when it just all kind of went away. Yeah. That was our last Atlantic record, and... They didn't do anything for their record. They put it out. They didn't promote it. They didn't do anything with it. No, that's that's true. Uh, that's so I true. guess they just kind of felt like nothing against Atlanta because they did everything they could, man. They mm-hmm. really did what they could. But you can't force people to buy records, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I remember like even when your first album came out. I used to buy Kerrang! magazine and they, they loved you guys. And the, all yeah. the writers in Kerrang!, Mick Wall and all these guys, they used to all say, right, this is the album that's going to do it. Gretchen, Faith Hope Love's going to do it. King's X is going to do it. Dogman is going to do it. And every single album you brought out, it was like critically applauded. Like, you know, loved oh. by... And then the, the mass population just never either never got it or it never got played because you couldn't pigeonhole the music, mm. if you know what I mean. And, um, you know, how, how frustrating did that get for you guys, particularly towards the end of your career with Atlantic? Were relationships strained amongst you guys at any stage, or did you just say, look, we're, we're just, we do what we do, we love what we do, and we'll just keep going? Well, I never felt that our relationship between us was really strained by any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it did get to a point where we, we realized we just have to do different things, you know, we can't only do King's X because we have so much music inside of us and uh, and that's what it was all about from the beginning Yeah, you know, as much as we wanted to be the biggest band in the world have all the money in the world yeah we wanted that mm-hmm. but we couldn't do it unless it was on our terms because we really don't know how to do anything else yeah, yeah it wouldn't be real to us and, and, and it, it just wouldn't be right you know mm-hmm. we shouldn't we, I don't think we could play that kind of a game yeah. There's always a game to play. And as time has gone on, I realize now, and I'm very, th- I talk about this with my wife a lot. She tells me this often. Sometimes I, it's a little frustrating to think, you know, that we didn't get all that people say we deserved or whatever it is, you know? And, uh, but at the same time, I'm very, very thankful for all that we did accomplish. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, we, 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 we've carved a little niche in the rock and roll history there. And that can't be taken away, I don't think. And um, and my wife always tells me, you know, it's a better thing to have all the respect that you do than all the money in the world and no respect. I say, okay, whatever you say, wife. <laughs> <laughs> the, the women are always right, Jerry. <laughs> She's a good wife. She's yeah. a good wife. <laughs> I mean, that is a good way to put it, though, is that, I mean, you do have... That, that's one thing you guys I think have always had is just a ton of respect from people and, and I never thought of you guys really as a singles band anyways I always thought of you guys as more of, of an album oriented band and almost in that same way that when I would buy a Led Zeppelin album it's like oh let's see what's on this album and when people had the big fuss about like Zeppelin 3 I was just kind of like oh well this is pretty cool this is this is different you know <laughs> yeah, I love yeah and I mean I know Critically, everybody crapped all over it, but uh, I, if people just I think went back and listened to it, they went, wow, there's actually 
it isn't like this giant folky acoustic record. There's actually a lot of stuff on there. But I always thought I of you guys the same thing. You just never knew album to album. But it was always a case of I wasn't never looking for that one song. I listened to the whole entire album. Right. And that's kind of the way I think all three of us grew up, too. Mm-hmm. We listened to albums. We, we listened to music for music. We weren't looking for a single. We just liked an album. And that's just the way we approach music, I think. That, that might be part of why things come out of us the way they do. Yeah, it's kind of weird because we yeah, had the same thing growing up that like all my friends, they had like all kinds of 45s, and they all thought it was weird because I think I ever had like 145, and that was... Uh, it was the my generation by the Who, but it was backed by Dogs Part Two, and you could only get it on that forty-five. So that's the only reason I bought the forty-five was because I wanted Dogs Part Two, <laughs> which you know it's a silly song, but I just for some reason had to have it. But they all thought I was crazy because I always would buy albums and just never forty-fives. And it's funny, but now I've passed it on to my kids who are all high school, college age, and they're like the same thing. They need to to get the entire album from whoever that they're listening to, is, and it's never like a song here or a song there. It's the it's always their album-oriented, so it's, it does my heart good to see it getting passed on. I just think that's the way to do it. Is to, is, and you guys always had albums that were just all solid, you know, all good songs for the whole thing, so it's always well worth getting an album from you guys. Yeah, I, I, I can't see us putting out a record that we don't feel like we like every song on it. Hmm. You know, at least at one point, we have to like the song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do do you have a? How old are you guys? You guys sound like you're my age. I'm 42. I'm um, oh. just about 49. Oh wow! All right. So, yes, I've been in it for a while too. So <laughs> you were going to ask a question, Richie? Yeah. Do you have a favorite King's X album? Mm. Well, they're all my favorite at the time we're making them. Okay. Um, but if I have, it's hard to say because, like I like I just said, they're all my favorite times, and I have wonderful memories about all of them, and I have probably terrible memories about all of them. Yeah. You know, because I I was, I recorded those records. I know what it took to make them and all that, you know, all that we went through during the process and all that. Good and bad. Yeah. Um, I really like the Baldish record. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have expected you to pick that one. Yeah, I really like that. That's a record that we just got together and completely wrote together. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I really like that record. The the one that always sticks out for me as a bit of a an anomaly is the Black Like Sunday c- CD, Ooh. where you re-recorded or well, not re-recorded. You went in and recorded tracks that you wrote pre Out of the Silent Planet. Yes, we did. Uh, and that that to me was like, wow, why are they doing this? You know, it was like this. You did this now before it became popular to do, it, and a lot of bands now are are are, are doing it. But um. What was the reasoning behind that at the time? Really? Hmm. Uh, did you ask me that question? Yeah, what was the reasoning behind going in and, oh. and, and releasing a load of songs that you'd written like 20, that were over 20 years old? I think we, we realized, hey, it's time for us to make a record. Uh, hey, we got a bunch of songs we've never recorded before. Let me just do those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much how it came about. And as we started listening to some of the songs, we got, hmm, that wasn't a bad song. Yeah. Well, that was pretty cool. And so I put out a, virtually a whole damn record of that stuff. Yeah, it's like 14 tracks on it. It's yeah. nobody's ever heard. So, yeah. So why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Now, when you guys were listening back to those tapes, I can remember, like, I've got all kinds of tapes from, from jams and stuff, and uh, the co-host that, that uh, I had before Richie came on board was actually uh, one of the guitar players with me for several years, and 
he'd you know listen and be like oh let's do this song let's do that song and it'd be something i had recorded five years ago and i'd just be looking at him and going i don't even remember how i played that did you guys like have moments of that of listening back to those tapes and just kind of going yeah if you guys show me how to do it i'll do it oh yeah that still happens yeah, <laughs> yeah that still happens we, we, we come up with songs hey why don't we try this song and we, we go for it I'm like i can't remember how i, how I played that song <laughs> yeah that happens all the time yeah yeah. Songs that used to be, you know, like, uh, you know, just secondhand nature, not even thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, couldn't remember them at all. Couldn't remember how I played them. Yeah. Had to learn them. Yep. Yeah, it is, it's a weird process. I know. It's If anything, that's one of those things that really messes with your mind because... Um, you're just thinking, yeah, exactly. I could like I used to be able to play this in my sleep. It was I could just walk on stage anytime and do it. Now I'm struggling through my own damn song trying to figure out how I played it. It's it is just it's such a bizarre concept I think to a lot of people that it happens. <laughs> yeah, I've done entire tours where I was playing drum parts wrong, and a fan would tell me, "Look, you're playing that wrong." Don't <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh wow, you're right." <laughs> so, so one yeah. of the new trends now, Jerry, is to. Um, play an album in its entirety. Have you guys ever done that or thought about doing it? Yeah, we thought about that years and years ago before even people were even doing it. Yeah. We just never did it. You know, we were always late on things, I guess. Okay. But uh, we, we talk about we talk about doing the Gretchen record. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And uh, maybe someday we will. Yeah. Well, there's probably yeah, we really have to learn the songs. Yeah, know? I was just going to say, there's probably songs on that that you've never played live. Yeah, there are songs we've never played live. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, I'm sure we can learn them. Oh, yeah. But we're getting older now, and who knows? Who knows what we can do? Oh, you guys can do it. Go ahead. Yeah. And again, if I can you, do it. If I you know, can't I, learn, I you, got the, you got the tapes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I can do anything, man. I'm like a Superman. I fucking die. I can play. <laughs> <laughs> like just, I just know out there, some, at some point this year, some someone's going to be watching you, and someone's going to go, yeah, they're, wow, aren't they awesome? And someone's going to go, I heard they use tapes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're gonna just be I tried responsible. to make that clear. I tried to make clear that we don't use tapes, <laughs> or do we? Wow, it's funny that you say that because uh, uh, Paul Schaefer came out to a show once, and a couple of the guys from the band, mm -hmm. and uh, and he got he came on the bus with us and hung out with us. It was really very very cool. And he actually asked us what kind of samples we were using for our vocals, oh. <laughs> and uh, we said, "Well, it's actually us singing, man." And he was pretty intrigued. Wow. And he told us, well, that last song you did, it was Born to be Loved. We're going to go back and learn it. We're going to do it on the show. And we're all like, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> and they do that on a regular basis now. They play it on Letterman on a regular basis. They really do it. Great. And they play Complain, too. Oh. Now, I hope they at least yeah. attribute that and give you guys a little bit of, a, of a, you know, some publicity. They get money. Well, there's that too, right? That's okay. Money, money's good. Money's good, Jerry. But remember, like, like, you, like your wife said, though, you need to get the, them to say who it's for so you get the respect, right? It's Well, we have the respect. They're doing our song. Uh-huh. True. So w when, when you get, hopefully when you get around to recording some new stuff, would, do you think you're going to go in with, um, with Michael Wagner again? Because we've done the last two records. Um, I don't know. It's too, it's too early to tell. Yeah. I, I really, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, if I were to guess, and it's only a guess at this point, it would probably be something different. But I don't know. Okay. You know, I think it's uh, it's just too early to to say anything definite on that point. Okay. But it could it could be anything. 
Yeah. It's going to have to be the right thing at the right time, whatever that might be. Okay. Paul, I would imagine, like too, that you guys don't want to, you having, like, three records with the same producer kind of maybe lends a little bit too much of a comfort level, too. I would imagine you guys like to have a, a kind of a little bit of a discomfort level that creates some of this music that you make as well. Well, I'm just open to whatever that might, might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that's a good point. Yeah, discomfort sometimes does make for a good working situation. It might not feel that way at the time, but I think that is a, excuse me, a good kind of a thing. Yeah. And what band has ever made more than two or three records with a, with a, with a one producer and been, and been successful? Can you think of any? Scorpions. <laughs> Beatles, maybe? No. No, who's ever done that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, joking. There's but I think many bands who use the same producer and been very successful. Yeah, I think yeah. I think like the Beatles though. I mean, as an example of that, I think there was probably there was a kind of a good mentorship and then a a growth of the producer and the band together. Plus, I mean, they were breaking all the rules when they were doing it. I mean, they right. were making brand new rules, so they were just oh, a whole yeah, they, were. they were a whole thing unto themselves, you know. Right. That, that's, I should have even mentioned Beatles. That, that, that there's the Beatles and there's everybody else. You're right. Yeah, I apologize, <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I do see that you know some. I guess you know, like I mentioned, like you know, you were asking. I said Scorpions, and people like they have a certain sound, and people expected each Scorpion album to kind of be that same general sound and feel, and they and Dieter produced that for for all of them. But I mean, I would be disappointed if I was getting the same. King's X sound. If I knew, if I opened up the the wrapper on my new King's X CD and already knew what to expect before I put it in, I'd be very disappointed. I, I love the fact that I put that thing in and I just whatever happens happens, and I that's something I look forward to when I'm listening to new King's X music. Well, that's what King's X is. That's what King's X does. Then you get a band like ACDC, and you open up that package. And it's something different. You're gonna be really disappointed that it's not that same ACDC thing. Exactly. Absolutely. Yep. So it's just, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, what it is. Mm -hmm. yep. That's what King's X is. King's X isn't. You can't pigeonhole lots for good or bad. It's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So yeah. do, do you want to talk about your your solo album that you're working on at the minute, Jerry? Sure, I'd love to. Yeah. So, you know, how's that going? When when do you think it'll be coming out? You know, all we're that? shooting for the fall. We're okay. Shooting for the fall. Okay. And uh, who's who, who's playing on it? Besides yourself? Uh, I'm working with a friend of mine named Dan Carcos, D.A. Carcos, he calls himself. Okay. And he's uh, he's producing, he's playing, uh, we're writing songs together, he's helping, helping arrange. It's basically a record that we're making together. Okay. Uh, I'm very, very excited about it. He's very excited about it. We're going to have some guest players on it. I don't want to say who they are because they haven't done it yet. <laughs> but it's going to be very, very exciting. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm flying into Nashville mid-July uh, for about 10 days to finish up all the other things that I have to do. And uh, we're really shooting for some kind of a fall release of some sort. Nashville seems to be yeah. the place to, to be now to go and record. Yeah, yeah, Nashville's great, man. Yeah. So can you tell us Can you tell us what, what it sounds like? Is it, like, is it, you know, it's heavy in parts or... Uh, well, I haven't heard it yet because it's not done. Mm, no, but like you know, is it like your is it like your first solo album, or is it going to be like a lot different well, to that? Or it will have elements of my first solo record because it's me. Yeah. But it will have new elements because Dan is involved as well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have other players on it. 
Yep. That will add things that will were not there or present on the first record. Because the first record was just me and Ty. We did everything, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully I've grown a little bit. And uh, I never know how to describe my own music. I think it's just, it's, it's, basically it's going to be everything you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a cool way yeah. to describe it. I think a lot of people will have a difficult time when people ask, well, what does your band sound like? And you just kind of... Uh, nope. And if you come up with something, <laughs> then pretty much probably in the back of their mind they go, "Oh, so you're just copying that band." So is Dan from Nashville? Is that where he works out of? Well, he lives there now. Yeah, he has a studio in Nashville, but he's actually from upstate New York, the Rochester area. Oh, okay, okay. And um, he's lived in New York for quite a few years, and he moved to Nashville, I think, two or three years ago now. Yeah. And we've been working together before that. Uh, he helped me record the song Julie on the last King's X record mm-hmm. and um, we just decided look we need to make a record together just us and we've been working on it for a while and now it's really coming into fruition and uh, we're just very excited about it Great. the possibilities like with anything I think are endless so when you write stuff Jerry do you know straight away oh that'll be good for maybe for a King's X album or this'll be good for, for my solo album no I don't really think about that too much I just write songs okay and I don't even really like presenting things to King's X too often because they usually, because Doug and Ty have so many songs and it's like, it doesn't even matter what I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, okay, oh, 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 okay, we'll do one of your songs too. Okay. Oh yeah, you got one. Okay, great. Whatever. <laughs> 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 I've got like three on what, 15 records. <laughs> so, uh, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And, uh, I get to make my own records and I get to throw my ideas into all the King's X songs. Okay. It all works out. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It is interesting, you know, how different the climate has changed in Nashville, where, you know, before that it was considered just kind of that, you know, little small home studios doing a lot of demos, you know, all kind of the country music factory thing, and how much, you know, rock and, and hard rock is gravitating down there. Is, it's just pretty amazing how much that's changed in, at least to me, a very short period of time. Yeah, Nashville's a rock and town, man. Yeah, it's it's you know, um, some of the country stuff lasts a little bit. Yeah, I would think now most modern country, I think people would recognize that to be more, you know, what we called, you know, like the Eagles and stuff back in, you know, in the seventies. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's yeah, it's definitely it's very interesting. I know that um, a couple of years I've been invited down by Gibson to do Gibson Jam, and I'm always tempted to go down just to just kind of have that Nashville experience firsthand. And it's, it's always been very tempting to go ahead and accept the invite from Gibson to come down. But uh, it's why don't is, you? Yeah, usually it just comes down to getting time to actually do it and coming up with that elusive cash. That's the, oh, cash! <laughs> yeah, you know that cash thing. No, I really don't know much about it. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is it is cool. You, you hear about a lot of the stuff that goes on down there, and um, we have another uh, podcast that we're we're friends with, and and uh, they're they're based out of Nashville. They've always got great guests that are down there and stuff, and um, it's just it is just sounds like a very just amazing place to you know to kind of immerse yourself in music. Yeah, it's a great place. I, I like Nashville. Looking forward to going back. As far as you know, your guests are they coming down to do things in the studio, or are you going to use more of? people that have their own studios and they're going to like fly parts in for you or it's a kind of a mixed bag of stuff? Yeah, I think it's going to be a combination of both. Whatever works for the people that, you know, I think will be right for the record. Mm. It'll be a combination. 
Okay. You can work these days. And I always, I would always prefer to have the person right there sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. But if that can't happen, then, you know, if it makes sense, like I always keep saying, if it makes sense, then I'll do it that way. Yeah. There'll be some that will be sitting right there in front of me. And I'll say, ooh, that's not a great, ooh, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is cool that you know we're we're able to do that now and uh, have pretty decent quality. But you're right; it's always good to have that kind of that one and one and get that vibe and you're getting it off each other, yeah. knowing what's you know whether someone likes something or not, and just kind of getting the feeling. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. I mean, that's irreplaceable. But it is cool when somebody that that you really dig musically does give you a an email and say, "Hey, would you mind doing this part on this for me or something?" And you're you know thinking, "Damn, I just." You know, you're so used to the, the whole thing of having to go in a studio and pay for the notes for studio time and all that, and you're just kind of sitting there going, I'm sitting in my house, I'm recording this thing for this. This is like, to me, that's like, it just, it is so cool, but at the same time, you're all done and you go, gee, I, I don't know if, even know if they're going to like it, or you, you kind of right. want that instant gratification of, did you do it good and stuff, so. Um, yeah. But, uh, and I, I thought, Lisa, I've been thinking, I would like to make a record like people used to make records, where you just go in the studio and you make a record. You know, you don't rely on all of the, uh, uh, you know, digital stuff or whatever you want to call it, where you could just move things around and put it over there, put it over there, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just make a record. Well, we've made many records like that. Yep. And I'm thinking, that might be a really fun way to make a record. It'd be very uh, different sounding, I think. Yeah, well, we, we were... It might be exciting. We were talking earlier on today with um, Marco Mendoza. He's the bass player in uh, Black Star Riders. It's the, it's the new band, the offshoot from Tin Lizzy. And they they had Kevin Shirley produce their album. And they did a song a day for 12 days, the five of them in the one studio. Wow. That's old school. <laughs> that is old school. Yeah, that's the way he does, all, he does all his albums in like a week, two weeks. Gets them all wow. in the same room and boom, 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 you're done. But like the pressure, I'd say, on doing that because they did a song a day. They didn't do their parts, you know what I mean. And then wow. the bass player didn't do his parts, and the drummer do his parts. They all got in the so same you room. What you did. Yeah, they did you one song. Right. They had it, he had it on the board. Day one, this song. Day two, this song. Day three, this song. Wow. Yeah, so you can imagine the the chemistry that must have been occurring there between the members to get and this thing done great, in time. Right? It does sound fantastic. It sounds like an old. Old school hard rock. It has that Tin Lizzy vibe to it. It sounds killer, to be honest. Sounds like an exciting way to do things. Probably. Yeah, that's the way. That's really the way they did that. it. Yeah, that's the way they did it. I think I'll just make a record number and make it on a right on there that we made it that way. Completely <laughs> <laughs> live, one take each song. Yeah, you could you could probably do it. <laughs> yeah, I could write it on there easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just up the ante, Jerry. Say you did two songs a day. Just blow okay, everyone away. That. Hey, I just did all the drum tracks for uh, my whole record. It was at <laughs> Michael Wagner's studio. And uh, he gave me about a week. I had about a week to do them all. And mm-hmm. I never played drums on any of these songs. You know, we had written the songs and we had come up with parts and, you know, just through some, uh, you know, some, uh, I'm not trying to say, some drum things on there mm-hmm. just to have some program drums just to have some yeah just some kind of scratch scratch program stuff yeah with some Mm -hmm. ideas too to make it sound cool Mm -hmm. I had never played any of the songs and I had seven days to do like 15 songs 
I'm all nervous, thinking, oh, man, I hope I can do this. I think I'm stupid, and I can't play anymore. They're going to hate me. And I got in there, and I did all, all the songs like two and a half days. <laughs> I'm going, damn, I want to keep going, but we're, we're done. <laughs> so, so I guess I can say that, huh? I, I guess you can. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I just made that up. It's not sure what it sounded good, right? Damn. Yeah, it did. It sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> did it to me. Not that I said so far is true. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking to Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We don't know whether we're actually talking to Jerry, no. do we? <laughs> no, who are you? <laughs> Damn. Oh, this thing is harder than I thought. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. After after two years, as everything's crumbling here. Yep. Jerry's messing with our minds. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, we'll uh, you know be looking for the solo album coming up in the fall. Now, is that going to be available at? Uh, the King's Athlete website, or are they going to be able to get it? Do you have a website for yourself? or Probably all of those things. We're still working on that. We're, we're, going to, we're going to try to take advantage of everything we possibly can to make it as available as possible in as many ways as possible. So um, as, it, as it gets closer and closer, I will give all that information so everybody can have it and everybody can love it. Okay. Awesome. That? Great. I know for us, once we find out, I, I will... Uh, Happily put that up as a ad with a link on it right on our web page. So just to, oh, thank we, you, brother. Hey, no problem. No it's problem. People we we love to support, you know, and people we have lots of respect for, and uh, doesn't take much for us to just go ahead and pop that up there. So as right soon as we know, well, we can we can do that. If you've got an official banner or whatever, we can send it our way. We'll put that up there. Anyway, we can support right you. On. We'll do it. I will do it, man. Stay in touch with me. Awesome, Excellent. awesome. Excellent. All right. Well. Okay. It's definitely been a blast talking to you. I think this is probably it's probably your most fun interview you've had oh, yet, right, Richie? This, Jerry, this has been a lot of fun for me. I've been a fan for a long time, long, oh, long that's time. Awesome. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a was I've got, I've got the first five or six albums at home on vinyl, so old school. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's incredible, man. Yeah, so I'm a big fan. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. so this has been a lot of fun for me. All right, All right. I can be a part of it. Excellent. Thanks, Jerry, and and uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. And uh, of course, you know us East Coast guys, we got to stick together. Try to That's try right, to stay man. cool in the heat this week, and um, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon, That's Jerry. Good, man. You guys All right. take care. You All too. right. Thanks for thanks thanks for everything. Oh, thank you, man. Okay. Really appreciate it. Okay. Bye. All right. Take care. Well, there you go. Our talk with Jerry Gaskell. I think it took us what sixteen months to run that. So that's a little bit uh, a little bit ridiculous on our side. I will have to say, though, you know, when you guys listen through that and Jerry's talking about the new CD and getting back to us when it's ready to come out and all of that. As of right now, that CD still hasn't been released. If you go up on Jerry's website, there is, you know, a picture of the CD coming soon. It still hasn't happened yet. So, um, you know, we definitely didn't shortchange Jerry on our promise of promoting that album at all. And, you know, I will have to admit, when we first I was editing this, listening to that, and I'm like, Oh, crap. Did we forget all about that? And, you know, I don't know if I want to call it relieved or not. You know, I was glad that we didn't let him down because we hadn't heard back about the new album and all that. But, uh, you know, at the same time, it just sounded when we were talking to him like everything was going along so well. And, you know, it was pretty imminent in this thing coming out. But either way, rest assured, we didn't let Jerry down. If, uh, you know, we had known, we would have promoted it just like we said. So hope everybody enjoyed this episode and our talk with Jerry. You know, last time we did the whole big, large format career retrospective with Ty, we got a lot of good reaction about that one. Definitely know there's a lot of King's X fans out there. So for all of you King's X fans that listen and hear, you know, Ty interviews and Doug interviews and wonder, hey, when does Jerry ever do an interview? Hopefully this one gave you a nice, good dose of 
Jerry and all the stuff that the guy has been up to and how he thinks and everything else. So we're not sure quite what we're doing next week. I will say whatever it is, it's something that we actually pushed aside in order to run this interview this week. And we've been uh, busy, busy. Richie just keeps slamming me with interviews left and right. So uh, lots of good stuff on the way. In the meantime, you know, just lots of things going on. As I said at the beginning of the show, head up to MetalRockFilms.com and put a pledge in on Fanback to help out the Inside Metal documentary. Good stuff there. And of course, if you haven't done so yet, go out and pick up A Sound of Thunder's new one, The Lesakia Solomon. I do know that uh, the week that I'm putting all this together, they were... Uh, Number 39 on the Billboard Heat Seekers chart. We posted that up on the blog as well. That is very respectable for an independent band putting an album out independently. Second week out of the gate, and they have already hit that one. That is super respectable. Good stuff. Glad to know there's enough fans out there that are really getting behind A Sound of Thunder. And, of course, next week, you know, Michael Wilton's Soulbender, Soulbender 2 release comes out on Rat Pack Records. Still time to go up there and get their pre-order for that for those. Lots of good little packages they got at Rat Pack Records. And uh, you want to check out that one, Soulbender 2, from uh, Michael Wilton and his buddies. And uh, hey, maybe for all you know, maybe we'll have Michael Wilton on the show next week. Could be. It's a possibility, right? And, of course, while you're at Rat Pack, if you haven't picked up the Ronnie Monroe Electric Wake, do yourself a favor, get that one. You can pick up the Jeff Labar one up there as well. I know that one's doing really well. Lots of cool stuff happening at Rat Pack. And after last week's show, extra shame on you if you haven't picked up the new one, Blind Rage by Accept. If Mark didn't convince you to pick that one up, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with you. So anyways, that one is a wrap. Of course, keep up with us at FocusOnMetal.net as well as FocusOnMetal.blogspot.com, Twitter.com slash FocusOnMetal. Also on Facebook. Again, I have not been very good about going up in Facebook at all. I don't know what it is. But anyways, we are up there as well. So, uh, you know, hook up with us follow us and of course if you're subscribing to us on itunes thank you very much we appreciate that as well you know last week that was our 200th episode that's always usually a big deal for some reason in podcasting world can't figure out why but you know when your show hits 200 that usually is a big deal but last week we did pass that milestone still going strong still got lots of people coming in and uh, requesting to be on the show as well and of course you know we've got one more episode of follow-up, uh, follow-up, to finish up our Strange Highways episode. And we are already well on our way with our large format project for 2015. Got, uh, I think, one or two interviews done on that one now. Yeah, two. I mean, we got so many interviews, I have to remember which ones we're doing for what. So, yeah, we had two people in on that one. And I think we got another one coming up really shortly. Uh, Richie has been going crazy just trying to get all of the parts together. And uh, I am bummed there was one guy I really wanted to talk to on this project. And uh, Richie had to come back with the lame excuse that we couldn't talk to him because he was dead. I had to grudgingly accept that excuse. So anyways, uh, we will talk to you again next week for Richie and myself and everybody here at Focus on Metal. This is Scott Thompson saying, have yourselves a good metal week. And remember, Focus on Metal. Everything else is insignificant.
It's over. Go home.